0: Afternoons with Pepper Hudson Hudson. and now Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola.
1: Well, it's always uh, great to welcome Wendy Nola to the show. She's with us from a studio in Durban today and ready to bring you the long-awaited conversation about fake honey. Wendy, lovely to have you with us.
2: Thanks very much, Peppa, and you've made me think of the Wizard of Oz. But let's just leave it there. Okay. Here. <laughs> right. And the flying
1: house. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Sorry about that. Okay. Don't mean to re-traumatise you <laughs> no, into adulthood. No, very
2: traumatised. Oh dear.
1: Um, just <laughs> a reminder: after we've had the honey conversation, after half past one, we'll go into open line mode. So if there is another consumer issue bothering you, uh, please do join us then on oh two one four four six oh five six seven, or if you'd like to comment on the honey, phone us now, or leave a voice note on oh seven. Two five six seven one five six seven. Before we get to the honey, just very quickly though, uh, we've got some quite gratifying follow-up on last week's show, and uh, you may recall we were talking about restaurant deposits and how patrons who had booked dinners at the top of the Ritz restaurant had effectively been left high and dry after the entire Ritz hotel closed down in early July, and the people who'd paid deposits, among them our colleague Colin Callus hadn't been refunded when we spoke. There was about 100,000 rand, all told, involved. That was according to DinePlan, the platform which handled the bookings and deposits not just for the top of the Ritz but for many, many other restaurants. Wendy, I believe you heard from Greg Whitfield of DinePlan yesterday with an update.
2: Yes I did indeed um, His email read I'm happy to report That we have succeeded In getting the Ritz To transfer us the funds For all the refunds yeah, We yeah. processed them Yesterday afternoon And sent notification To the guests involved Happy that this incident Has had a, a happy ending We will however Continue to relook At our processes And work with restaurants To come up with a solution That offers the consumer A more guaranteed service Which is what we spoke about yeah. On the show last week And then he said Thank you for your help I'm sure the extra exposure of the situation, sped up their decision. So really nice one there. Fantastic. So everyone's got their money back, and
1: uh, that's the end of that. Uh, That's good news indeed. And uh, Greg of of DinePlan, thanks for keeping us in the loop on that one. All right, and so on to today's topic of the honey. Wendy, the perception of honey has always been it's the wholesome, super healthy food. Mm. It never goes off.
2: It's much better for you than refined sugar. What's the problem? Well, the problem is because it's all of that um, and and because – of various reasons, problems with the with the bee populations around the world, and other things um, it 's become very, very expensive um, let 's look at the scale though in the first three months of this year um, Sorry, because it's so expensive, obviously, it's become adulterated, like olive oil and like the other other products that that carry a premium price. It opens the door for fraudsters to get busy um, and adulterate in some way. So in the first three months of this year, South Africa imported double the amount of honey that it did during the same time last year in order to meet local demand. Sure. And 88%, 88% um, uh, of that was imported from China, which, of course, has a shocking reputation for honey adulteration of the adding sugary syrup kind, okay. along with using illegal, potentially carcinogenic antibiotics. Yikes. So our honey, South African honey, it's up there with the best of the world. Same story with our olive oil. But it generally costs a lot more than an imported honey, according to the South African Bee Industry Organization. Um, honey imported from China can sell for half the price mm-hmm. of the local stuff. So that's a big Difference there Um, All imported honey is irradiated By law in order to ensure that that, um, It's not bringing Diseases into the country which could Pose a threat to local bee population Some consumers have a problem with that I don't know how informed it is We hear the word irradiation and we're thinking You know radioactive and I don't know You know the scientists will say That um, it doesn't um, Interfere with the Nutritional property of the honey at all but that's another Show Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) the the point is they have to say irradiated on the label if it's coming from overseas and sometimes that's not happening um so about the claims what's Mm. happening to the honey so there are two ways honey on sale in south africa could be not what it claims to be it could have cheap um some form of sugar syrup added to it and then it could be claimed to be produced in south africa knowing that some south africans wouldn't want to buy honey with the word china or you know, on the label or some mm. other country because of the irradiation, but it's actually either 100% imported low-cost honey, or it's been it's local honey which has been diluted with um, inferior imports. Yeah, so sure. that's okay. those are the dangers that's what's happening and it's quite it's happening on quite a wide scale i believe because my immediate question is surely they're obliged to disclose the contents
1: and disclose the place of origin on the labels i mean we've got very strict food labelling uh uh regulations we do. to that extent we do
2: but again i don't think they well i don't think i, don't, I know they're not being prob- properly regulated so you'll see on some um jars of honey bottles of honey rather the words packed in south africa Um, And that's a cheat because it's misleading to – you see South Africa and think, oh, great, this is local honey. But it's actually – and not revealing the country of origin, which it's supposed to. So it's saying, oh, we import it from all over, and we put it in the bottle here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's very, put,
1: very different, so, yeah.
2: Very, very different. So if you see the word packed in South Africa, then you must know that that honey is imported, and most probably from China, because they're going to get the best price. Okay, the other
1: thing that comes up quite regularly is the honey, which seems to be having an identity crisis and doesn't know where it comes from. Wendy, quite yes. often you look at the label, and it says uh, from, and then there's a string of four or five different countries. What's yes. that all about?
2: Okay, that that seems ridiculous, but it actually is allowed for in the labelling regulations. Um, So um, on products that um, are what they call single agricultural commodities, so like raspberries, peas, honey, okay, so in order to account for what they call climatic, seasonal, and other contingencies, um, which make guaranteeing that single source very difficult, um, labels are allowed to say uh, country of origin and list a few, this or this or this or this, so that they don't have to print new labels for every new batch. Of their product which would drive up the cost of the product to the consumer that's the argument but it does lead to this confusing and or well you're not telling me anything what yeah. what is in this bottle and that's why the the regulations actually allow the um, companies that are labeling that, that are packing honey to do that okay so the, the bottom line for the customer who wants a good
1: pure honey preferably made in South Africa it's very difficult to actually be sure that you're getting that unless you you you're prepared to pay real top dollar and buy something that is at the higher cost and, and likely to be the South African made high quality one How can you tell whether honey is pure or not?
2: Well It's it's apparently quite complicated You'd think you'd just be able to go and get a simple, simple test and, and how I wish that was the case Because I would have exposed a lot of um, producers by now A lot of labels, brands um, So honey may be nutritionally superior to, to sugar the processed white stuff. It's high in antioxidants for one thing, but chemically it's incredibly similar to the plain old white sugar and high fructose corn syrup, which a lot of consumers will avoid like the plague. So many people have emailed me saying the product that they bought um, was labeled honey, but it smelled and looked and more importantly tasted more like syrup. And they want to know where can they get it tested? (laughs) And this is the difficult thing. So, Three years ago, someone told me that a cheap bottle, I mean, at that time, I think it was selling for 35 Rand for 500 oh, grand. Was incredibly yeah. Cheap. Yeah, I mean, it has gone, honey has generally gone up since then. But even three years ago, 35 Rand for 500, Um, bottle of honey was 500 gram bottle of honey was cheap okay it was labeled as being 100 percent honey and they bought it from a fruit and veg city in durban but they said like so many others it tastes just like syrup so i bought a bottle and i agreed but my tongue and and eyes aren't any scientific proof of anything Mm. so i got hold of, of fruit and veg city and i said um this is the story um you know how do you respond And long story short, they got hold of the supplier of that honey, and that supplier then went and got a report from the CSRI with a so-called categoric finding that it was definitely honey and had not been adulterated in any way, which didn't really make sense. But I couldn't really progress Mm. further than that, right? Um, So I brought that up. Um this week, when we were chatting about the latest going on goings on with honey um with our great friend and um help on all foodie issues, Dr. Harris Stanman, who runs the fax uh, testing lab in cape town um so I actually sent him the email um with you know because I was sent this 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 um test result and all the chemical stuff which didn't make make too much sense to me, and I asked him to give me his thoughts about you know did this really prove that it was genuine? Honey okay. Um, Well we've got
1: Harris with us in studio here in Cape Town Firstly, Harris, it's always great to have you with us Thank you so much for popping in again And welcome back to Cape Talk
0: Thanks very much
1: Okay, so you took a look at that CSIR report That was forwarded to you by Wendy What did you make of of the results that, that were contained therein?
0: well the results seem to be from a reputable laboratory but the re- the red flags always go off if the company itself has sent the sample in mm. because in our experience we have found companies having two sets of batches one which they send for analysis but supply retailers a totally different product Oof. And, uh, How
2: easy is that? Oh,
1: so so let me get this right. So, so Wendy, the honey was bought at Fruit and Veg, but Fruit and Veg obviously didn't produce it. They went to the no, person no, who supplied them to the retailer, and said, yes. "There's been a query. Please uh, provide us with proof that what we're selling on your behalf is what it claims to be." And that company sent the sample for testing. It would so, so. Obviously, there is there is room there for someone this, who uh, lacks yes. ethics, shall we say, to to send anything they like and not the actual sample that needed testing.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, we can't prove anything, but the, but the opportunity exists. I mean, you'll remember, in terms of scientific validity, you'll remember um, when we were doing the Freedom Bakery thing. The master, yes. The first, the, the, I asked, naively, I asked the person to complain that they looked like ordinary wheat rolls and not gluten-free made from coconut or millet or whatever it was. And I said, please get it because I live in Durban. I said, please get a sample to Harris Steinman in, at Facts in Cape Town. And that's what happened. She... Drove there. The thing was still sealed, and and the results were called into question when they were found to be wheat, and said, "Well, you know, that's <laughs> could have been contaminated along the way." So I'm very well aware of of you know the scientific process that has to be followed, mm. um, and it would seem, yeah. So that's that's one of the the, the problems. That's I that's think a- that. Retailers might not have um, sort of questioned the results and just. Um, gone with a trust factor of, you know, well, the supplier did, he has the supplier's tests. Yeah. And that's why increasingly with all sorts of commodities, Pippa, the retailers themselves are having to invest in testing. Um, okay.
1: Are we going to speak a little bit about the costs and what's involved in that? I just want to ask, Harris, though, without wanting you to, to nail any particular company to the cross, as it were, are you aware of situations where companies have deliberately, fraudulently sent a whole different batch for testing, knowing that it wasn't the same as the product which has been qu- questioned?
0: Yes, we have. Uh, not specifically just with honey, but with other products as well, including chocolates that claim to be uh, sugar and carb-free. Uh, Wendy will be aware of that one. Mm. Um, and... Uh, then journalists or or retailers are supplied a set of results which appear to be genuine, but you mm. have to know there's a smoke screen. So as Wendy was saying, some of the bigger retailers, some of the uh, ones looking after their own brands, are sending their own samples or actually bringing in an independent company like us to purchase uh, products randomly and check it uh, Uh, For integrity
1: Okay, Now Wendy, I remember you telling me last year There was a a bit of a song and dance uh, Linked to Stellenbosch University About having developed a a device That could be used to to test honey Quite easily and relatively cheaply But, But it hasn't really gone anywhere, has it?
2: Not so far, unfortunately. A a press release was put out. Those of us who write about food issues got very excited, celebrating the news that the researchers in the food science department there had worked with Italian researchers to develop a testing method using a small sort of rod-like, portable, what they call near-infrared spectrum. I knew I was going to filter on this word spectos- NMR.
0: N- L- NMR. Thank you, okay, thank, thank you. you.
2: <laughs> okay. That device. I can't say that word that starts with spect- spectos That one okay. linked to a tablet. Okay, okay. We all know what a tablet is. Yep. So literally, put this rod into the sample, and and almost immediately revealing the chemical makeup of of the sample. Um, and and what they did, we were told, was to calibrate. This apparatus to read honey to tell whether a honey sample had been produced in South Africa, well, pr- produced by South African bees or not, whether it was a mixture of local and imported honey, and whether or not it had been adulterated with syrup, which are just the things we need to know, yeah, right, as yeah. consumers. Um, unfortunately, so I excitedly bought about a dozen samples couriered them down to Stellenbosch and when I followed up was told that without going into too much detail, that testing process has hit a bit of a snag. I'm hoping it's I'm um, temporary, but it's the bottom line is it's not happening at the moment. Okay. Um, it's a pity. So unfortunately, yes. O- on the pity. plus side, though, honey doesn't go off, so those
1: samples should still be no, okay once they I'm get it back up and running. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, right. I know you have, though, spoken to the South African Bee Industry Organization about this issue of how you test for the quality of honey. What did they say to you, Wendy?
2: So – yeah, I spoke to Phil Walker, who is a KZN uh, Midlands honey producer, and he sits on the board of the SAB industry organization, SABIO, um, and he said there were very effective tests available overseas to determine whether or not honey has been adulterated. But as you can guess, with the exchange rate and the cost of couriering and everything else, that's an incredibly expensive Process. Yeah. Um, he said to me, honey is also an extremely complex substance And only an analytical chemist can fully understand its complexities A simple sucrose test to ascertain whether the, the sample is in line with that of honey Is not enough to determine whether the honey has been adult, adulterated or not, he said So that's the complexity I, I mean, unless you invest hugely in sending samples overseas Which I don't think is sustainable really yeah. What we want is a sustainable testing um Process protocol, um, that's what we're sitting with now. But Harris has some encouraging news for us. He does, does he,
1: Harris? What's the encouraging news?
0: (laughs) Well, basically, uh, as Wendy explains, to test it, uh, you have to send it overseas. It depends on the type of test you're asking. It gets more complex as you move up the chain of requirements, starting off just looking at sugars and then different types of sugars, going to look if there's pollen in the existence. We've been aware of this problem, so we have, uh, uh, done a pilot study to develop an alternative way of checking for sugars, uh, because uh, you know you have to think like a criminal, uh, yeah. and the criminal's always ahead of the science. And so, if you find one way of picking up a maize or cane sugar, they find another way of putting in beet or rice. So we've had mm. to work out a different process, and we've done a few tri- uh, pilot studies, and it's working. Okay, we it is cheaper than sending overseas, but we're still working on a process of uh, bringing making. Making it even more cost-effective, and we're very close to that. But at the moment, we already can do um, studies for the different types of sugar to ensure that it does comply, and we can do that cheaper than sending overseas. Okay. We also have uh, one of uh, our team members is an expert aerobiologist so we're able to, if required, look at the pollen. Um, sometimes you don't have a knowledge of every pollen in the country, but at mm-hmm. least you can see whether there's a foreign pollen present, or not, or whether it's devoid of pollen, which also gives you some clues. And then, of course, there's other tests that, with time, you can roll out for the antibiotics and for pesticides. Mm-hmm. But the 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 m- most important hurdle is the sugar, and that's really the first test you want to do. And if you pass that, then the It's not absolutely sure that it's uh, pure, but at least most of the... culprits will be caught in that process
1: okay harris as a caller has just asked phoning in uh off air uh, i mean this has potential health ramifications for people who might be buying what they think is pure honey for a specific health reason the caller was asking what's the potential impact for a diabetic who for example consumes this fake honey that's been loaded with uh, corn syrup thinking that it's safe and will be uh, relatively okay for for managing their glucose levels
0: from from a diabetic point of view you know uh um, honey is sugar It's just different types of uh, mm. sugar So from a diabetic There's no difference uh, to a great extent Whether it's uh, a cane sugar Or honey sugar Because honey contains fructose And glucose And it's got Almost no sucrose in, but the fact is it's still sugar.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Wendy, so it, it, it's an issue of, of misleading customers. I and mean, we've all seen the bottles. My mom got caught with the, the, the honey flavored syrup. You know, the, mm, the bottles have that's got another bees. Thing. They've got they bees on it, them. Yeah, well, yes. you know, they've got beehives and cells. Everything really about the labeling suggests that this is a bottle of honey. And only yeah. in small print at the bottom, when you really look closely, do you see that actually you were buying exactly. a bottle of that's, syrup.
2: Well, that's that's the beta case because at least it's put there and it should it's misleading but what we're talking about here is is adding sugar or completely substituting sugar for honey and when you look at the price differential that is a massive food fraud yeah, indeed. food
1: for. Okay, we've yeah, got food. a break for the news headlines. We will come back with just another minute or two. I'm happy to take another question or two on the issue of uh, uh, whether or not it's actually real honey and South African honey. You can dial while the news is on on 021 446 0567. Yeah, let's just wrap up the conversation around uh, honey, and I'm happy to squeeze in one or two of your calls or questions if you like. Mm. Interesting point from Adam in Sea Point. Who's really getting the sort of bigger picture here that that's it's not necessarily so much about a health issue, but it's fraud. It's tricking people yeah. into buying something that they thought was one thing and it actually isn't that. Uh, Wendy, Adam making the point that the story reminds me of a smoked salmon issue in Ireland years ago. There was Irish smoked salmon and there was smoked Irish salmon and only the latter was actually Ooh. the Irish fish which had been smoked and was the real high-quality delicacy. Uh, the other, I guess, was any oh. old salmon that had been smoked in Ireland. Yeah. It's kind of like your packed in South Africa uh, yes. story.
2: It- It's a very good analogy, that, Mm. because most consumers wouldn't get the difference. You know, you make an assumption based on the words, but you're not interrogating them properly. I mean, in my early days of consumer journalism, there was that whole olive oil scandal where this one producer was adding a a green, remember, Harris, the green-tinted petrochemical Mm. to create that sort of look of the extra virgin olive oil. I I remember buying it. That was a huge cop launch, went dilly on that one at the time, I remember, and yeah, so that that was my first as a consumer journalist, my first introduction into to the world of food adulteration. Sure. Well, it was quite a shocking one too, yeah. Yeah. So So just, anyway, just sorry, to yes. to
1: to I just want to put this very clearly to Harris. Harris, the issue is not so much a health one as a fraud one, we're clear on that. Are there any potential health consequences though of of the honey not being quite what we think it is?
0: Yes, in certain cases uh, chloramphenicol, the antibiotic used also in humans, is used for diseases in honey bees, and that can get into the honey, as well as pesticide drift uh, Mm. into the pollens and the bees carrying it into the product Um, These are obviously uh, serious if they're not uh, policed properly and it's mostly from imported honeys, Mm. but as Wendy was saying, it's the big problem here is mainly that of fraud. Yeah. Uh, of course, the fraud can extend to great levels where they actually add caramel coloring to it to, sure. to bump up yeah. the color because they're diluting it with more sugars. Uh, they're adding water to it. Uh, some There are some bee farmers now that don't do any... Um, bees aren't foraging on pollen at all, they're being fed sugar and Oi. so it's, although it is still a honey, it's actually not really pollen created honey, so there are different. all of these minor issues which in certain instances are major but mm. uh, in the biggest uh, scheme of things uh, the added sugar is is it. Okay,
1: we've got mm. Sean on the line with a question from Cormacee. Sean, good afternoon.
0: Hi, good afternoon I've got a uh, a jar of honey in front of me, uh, it's from Zambia. It says on the bottle, raw certified organic, and then it also says, uh, not well demarcated, but it says actually non irradiated. Now it looks nice and it's brown and they've got a big spiel about how it's on the banks of the Zambezi and all that, and it's not a bad honey. <laughs> But, uh, I thought that the, anything external to this country had to be irradiated, so they're stating that it's raw certified organic, and yet they're stating on the bottle also that it's non-irradiated. I'm wondering, is that a, is that a conflict?
2: Okay. Can I answer that? Yes, Wendy, please do. I I would imagine that label, Sean, was was true for Zambia. But um, once it comes into this country, there's no way that it wouldn't have had to go through the, unless it was illegally imported, it it would have had to go through the irradiation process. And funnily enough, that, uh, unless there are a whole range of Zambian honeys in South Africa, I sent a Zambian sample to to the university in Stellenbosch, mm-hmm. to to be tested. So it's still sitting there as a sample, hopefully, somewhere. We could maybe test that because I wanted to, you know, they, um, the professor involved said she would be very interested to take a look at that one. But, yeah, so that labels, this is what I talk about, lack of, of regulation. So many labels on honey products in this country do not are not labeled properly. They're not saying about the ra- irradiation. They're not talking about country of origin properly. All the giving an address of, of, of the packer and all those things that they're supposed to. Mm. To my mind, if the companies are not getting that right, I would start to be a little bit suspicious about what's in the what's in inside
1: the jar. the jar if they can't get yeah. the label on the outside the right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. we've got two voice notes. Let's take a listen to those.
0: Hi, Papa. Um, this honey thing, I mean, I'm a banter and. Obviously, if if it's if it's gonna be sugar, it's gonna sort of just crash everything for me. So it's a really big deal. And at the end of the day, as a consumer, I just want to know like who do you buy from? Who do you trust? I mean, the honey we've bought from the bees' knees before, and that tasted fantastic, like real honey. But it's a bit difficult to come by, so you can't always do that. You want to be able to just run to your supermarket and sort of get a jar of honey. So, you know, who do we trust? Thank- Hi Pippa, Um, I'm a beekeeper myself, a hobbyist beekeeper so I'm finding this topic very, very interesting. Something that um, a lot of beekeepers do all over the world and South Africa included, is that they feed their bees um, large amounts of sugar syrup and then from that sugar syrup, the bees then treat it almost like nectar and they, they make honey from that. Now, that of course is also not pure, Honey, and I was wondering if you had um, that rod from Stellenbosch, that spectrometer, whatever rod you call it, if that would be able to pick up that the bees were fed sugar syrup as opposed to the honey being made from nectar. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, Harris, you don't have the rod from Stellenbosch, but you've got your own uh, your own methodology. What's your response? (laughs) The
0: the rod doesn't work. Okay, Uh, we need need another rod. Okay, (laughs) Um, I, I need to clarify what I said. Uh, the biggest uh, market for bees in South Africa is actually pollination. For mm. so agricultural plants, use. Yes. Yeah. Are, uh, they would collapse if it wasn't for the honeybee that's pollinating. But with these massive colonies being moved around due to the different areas, during the out season they have to get food. And so that is perfectly legal to, fi- uh, to feed them uh, a sugar solution out of season. Uh, and in contrast to come to honey producers that simply do everything uh, internally where the, uh, the bees are only getting honey, um, only getting sugar Pot- water. Yes. And so we need to differentiate those two. Yeah. Okay. So in the, in the first category, that is still honey and it is acceptable because most of it is pollen-derived, but during low season, they do need food.
1: Because the, the bees need to eat. That's
0: just right. Just as anyone
2: else
1: does. Okay, That's
0: fair right. point, fair point. Can,
1: can when we you discuss
2: th- the banter?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so, so the first question is the one everyone wants to ask. What do we do as consumers? How do okay. we tell?
2: Well, first of all, as Har- Harris will, sh- I'm sure, back me up. I mean, honey might have extra nutritional uh, properties um, and, and be celebrated for them for, for since the beginning of time, but... Um, it's still sugar. So if you're banting and you're not supposed to be having sugar, then you shouldn't be having honey. Am I right, Harris?
0: Yes, I think the basic argument is that it's very, very low in sucrose. Mm. But I do know that banters still have to limit the amount of honey they oh, take I see. in. Okay. Okay.
2: So so they would they would um, if they were going to have some form of sugar they would be um, they would prefer honey and hence the problem. Um, the other thing there is Unfortunately, the lovely local pure honey that our local beekeepers are producing is only sufficient for about half lo- South Africans' need. Hence, there has to be imports. Mm. That is the that is the reality, and the, the the stuff that's that is, let me just not say too much, but it's quite soon going to be revealed to be. Adulterated is most likely to come to come from the supermarkets, your mass-produced stuff. Um, if you really are a, a honey connoisseur, as I am, I know you, you are. Find Wendy. Your, <laughs> you find yourself a a local supplier or several that you trust, and you go out of your way to get honey from them. Um, I did ask Phil Walker of the of the bee um, association um, what what we could do as ordinary consumers in the absence of. You know, Being able to do our own tests willy-nilly When we want to And he said use your nose Pure honey has an aroma that the adulterated stuff Just Mm. doesn't and if you've grown up If you are a honey fan You will know exactly what that is Uh, And he said if you're buying the cheapest honey You can find you are very likely to be Consuming adulterated honey On average a 500 gram Bottle and you you will have seen Bottles are getting smaller and smaller Check that (laughs) gramage A 500 gram bottle of of pure South African honey would be 65 rand and upwards. So if you so if you're if being you char- aren- offered a test 40 rand, you can
1: bet your bottom, bottom dollar that it's it's yes. it's been adulterated with something the else. The
2: danger here, of course, is that the adulterers listen to that and just jack up their prices. Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> that's
1: not what we want to achieve <laughs> no, today. No, that's not yeah. what we want. But you can do what Penny has just written to me about doing. is, As you said, find your reliable supplier and make the effort to go there. Penny says, I realize not everyone can travel to Constantia, but I buy the loveliest 100% raw, cold-extracted Cape honey from Soil for Life in Constantia just behind Peddlers. If you're lucky enough to know a farm where you can Buy it straight from the farm or a market where there is, you know, a small beekeeper who brings it straight, uh, straight to the jar. Um, obviously, that's the, there's going to be a higher level of trust there, uh, Wendy, than than, than yes, buying off the, off the supermarket absolutely. shelf and taking your chance.
2: I think for me, it was the family way. I grew up. We had a we had a beekeeper in our neighbourhood. Um, in KZN, and we would go once a month or once every two months and and watch them decanted into the jar that the containers we took, and we knew the beekeeper and and so for me that's been, you know that's what you do with honey. Um, yeah, we you do I'd whatever say it many the right enough, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think I think for people who don't ask questions around honey and are buying on price, um, it's all there's almost now I would say in South Africa almost. No chance that you're not buying something that's adulterated in part or or completely. Okay, that's a, a
1: sobering a sobering comment. But uh, that's what, it is what it is. Um, Dr. Harris Simon, always great to have you with us. Thank you so much for your contribution today.
0: Thank you very and, much. And I'm
1: sure won't be the last time we chat Thank to you. you yes. Harris runs the facts testing lab in Cape Town.